Hello and welcome to the 2IQ Crew podcast. I'm Finn. And I'm Tom. So this is part two of Dinosaurs. Uh, We're just going to jump straight into it. I hope you enjoy. You know, we're going into the Jurassic era now. And during the Jurassic era, like the world was like lush. Like it was, the world was in great condition in terms of like, say you want to be like a big herbivore. You know, there was just like conifers and ferns just like forests just yeah. everywhere it was it was incredibly lush still no flowering plants until the end of the jurassic but yeah. which is so weird to think but yeah um yeah this sort of this was the time when organisms got bigger on earth than they probably ever will uh or, or yeah. they at least have uh you know you had these sauropods developing like your diplodocus and like your titanosaur just absolutely vast vast animals weighing like 40 tons you know and like i think i read that they grow they were growing like a ton a year or something oh really yeah like i mean i guess that makes sense which works out to like two or three kilograms a day um (laughs) which is just like such a disgusting growth rate it's kind of yeah (laughs) hard to imagine like how can you eat that much like fern yeah um yeah i guess i guess it's sort of because they're very um the bigger animals get the more efficient they get yeah uh in terms of their like metabolic rate and everything so i guess like a lot a lot like much much more of the um the things they eat gets can just get converted directly into biomass you know like rather than sort of convert like you know actually fueling your body yeah, and if they're yeah. massive lumbering creatures, you know they they probably aren't really under threat too much from uh, like too many predators. Oh so. no, they're not under threat they at do. all. Like once they reach adulthood, these sauropods were pretty much sorted. I mean, yeah, they had to like you know when they were younger, they had to keep an eye out for like allosauruses for sure. Um, and then you also had like dinosaurs that specialized in like just stealing the eggs of all the other dinosaurs. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> like just sort of this is when being a scavenger was a really effective method of survival because there was just yeah. so much like biomass and life around to sort of sneak <laughs> sneak a bit of yeah. it off yeah they, they don't even mind well no just, I, I you know it's not yeah. like there was any <laughs> yeah, parental yeah. um guidance really like from you know like where like a diplodocus would just like lay its eggs and then it would be off you know it's like oh, right. um <laughs> It would bury the eggs, but that's about the only protection. It's yeah. it's the same thing with turtles today, you know. It, um, yeah. Buries they, the eggs. They just let. But let then after that, it's just like the odds are. It's up to you. Yeah. yeah. Like let them sometimes uh, just kind of go into uh, go towards like street lights rather than. than the... Oh yeah, <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of during this time. I mean, it's it's amazing. The life that was able to form this is when you had your pterodactyl uh, come in during the Jurassic era, you know, the, yeah. and loads and loads of other flying uh, dinosaurs. You even you had dinosaurs, right, who lived their whole lives on sauropods. So th- oh, they yeah. were like lived and bred and died like <laughs> on these sauropods because the sauropods were so big. They were just like a walking yeah. ecosystem. Uh, because they produce huge like, piles of dung, and then the dung attracts like dung beetles, and then there's loads of insects yeah. around for the little flying dinosaurs to eat. 
Um, and so yeah. they just they follow around a bit like um, I mean, it's a slightly different relationship, but you know, sort of those little birds that sit on uh, hippopotamus. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a bit different because yeah. they actually bleed the hippos. It's really, really mean. And they suck the blood. Yeah. So it's actually that's oh, much right. more a parasitic relationship. But well, this was more. Don't, of, don't they get rid of? I heard they get rid of like parasites. Yeah, or something they as do well. get rid of parasites, but only so that they can but, be like, haha, I'm the sole parasite. Um, yeah. <laughs> because they literally just like they just keep reopening the wound. It's even meaner. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess the hippos don't really have the. Um... <laughs> the dexterity to lift their arm up no they they go underwater but that's about it like yeah. if they get really annoyed they'll just go for a swim but yeah it's, I, w- I would hate to be an animal that doesn't have like the dexterity to like yeah you can't you can't scratch reach all parts like of yourself yeah yeah <laughs> i know it's like um there's that parasite that slowly eats like a fish's tongue and then just becomes oh, the yeah. tongue right it's, oh, it's yeah. absolutely yeah, horrible but you've got to think right a fish has no chance of removing something from its mouth, so yeah. I, it, I mean, it's probably I, I yeah, can't even imagine. It. It's just it's I can't just even imagine something life. like slowly agonizingly biting away at my tongue for like yeah. a year. <laughs> it's actually it's actually really horrible. It is, yeah, it's those sort of things in nature that you just sort of like. Yeah, it sort of makes it like it seems like beautiful, but it's really just <laughs> very cruel and like. Well, yeah, nature is cruel, ruthless. Um, and it is ruthless, isn't it? Like, yeah. As soon as like so- something has a vulnerability, it's just like gets yeah, taken advantage of. Yeah, like as soon as something becomes injured, you know, you've got vultures circling around it, just waiting <laughs> yeah. for its demise. Like, there's yeah. a, there's no helping hand in nature. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I think that's the reason why everything's got to such a advanced point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, with the, with these sauropods, right? Um, a similar thing to uh, the Pylosaurus, right? But the all the sauropods also swallowed rocks, but not for oh, not yeah. for buoyancy because obviously uh, yeah. <laughs> they're not going for a swim anytime soon. Uh, but they did it to actually help uh, grind up the, all the plant matter oh, they yeah. were eating, all the fiber. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard, I heard about something like that. Yeah, because the, uh, kind of... during this time period in the Jurassic, like, none of the dinosaurs, like, had grinding teeth, like, uh, like back teeth, like molars. Um, yeah. All the animals just, just had sort of, like, chomping teeth, and a lot of them also had teeth that were really good for, like, stripping yeah. ferns, so kind of, like, peg-like teeth. Um, yeah. Because it was just whatever was good for your environment, but... It did mean, you know, they didn't have these grinding teeth, so the actual task of digesting plant matter, fibrous plant matter, was a real effort. Unless you, yeah, so you know, unless you ate all these rocks, and then as you walked around, the rocks yeah. moved and they, they ground just... down you, yeah, yeah. And that was a really, yes. I mean, we see that in like all the fossil specimens; they just all had a yeah. stomach full of rocks. Do 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 you think any any species do that now? Do you reckon? Um. I f- feel like they might do i don't know any herbivores that eat rocks today no but yeah. obviously as i said before uh some still do it for the buoyancy issue but um yeah just not yeah not for no i just i, I guess you do... i don't think we have anything of that scale anymore that yeah and also a lot of the animals today of that scale are mammals which have the grinding teeth so they yeah. don't need it yeah i guess like i don't know if they, it, there must be some some animal that doesn't have like a 
sort of the grinding teeth. Like you'd imagine like an animal like with a beak. Like how would that actually end up grinding anything up? Well, I mean, obviously uh, the birds are like descendants of the dinosaurs. So maybe a lot of them still don't have the, the grinding teeth. But I certainly think it's more of like a size thing than um yeah you know like when when you when you like f- weigh 40 tons like when you just think about like the sheer scale of like how much how much plant you have to eat per day to like fuel that size of a body and when you think about how fibrous all the plant matter was at that time i think that's yeah. more why but i could be wrong yeah i, I mean i guess you, i guess we'll you have ca- to look I... into it yeah, I guess you're kind of offloading it off to something that kind of happens automatically. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that grinding process yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. like actively having to chew it. No, in a way, so it's, it's kind of efficient, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I still think it's more. It's still far more efficient to have grinding teeth because later on there was yeah. uh, the Iguanosaurus, and um, oh, yeah. that was the first like dinosaur to have grinding teeth, and they were like one of the most successful dinosaurs, like herbivores. Um, oh, yeah. they did like so well for themselves and they would have like herds of like thousands and stuff like that um, yeah. well, at least they think so just because they were just so good at getting actually getting the fuel they needed per day yeah so. yeah I guess I guess the the qualities that sorry are, it's are not iguanosaurus it's iguanodon actually I just, yeah, yeah I was thinking yeah. that I was, I was going to ask like are they different animals yeah, but I thought yeah. that might be a stupid question no no, it's but, just it's um, so easy to just get into the trap of everything has Saurus <laughs> at the end. Um, yeah. And then you remember some of them are Don and then some of them are Cuss. So it's... Yeah. Well, what's the best dinosaur at hide and seek? <laughs> oh, no. Um, I don't know, Tom. <laughs> do, you, do you think he saw us? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> that is such a bad joke. I, th- I think it's... It's just a classic. I guess, yeah. It's it's old but gold. I guess it is fairly wholesome. Sure. I'll, yeah. I'll let you have that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna edit it out. No. Oh, lovely. No. That's that's the end goal, really. Yeah, getting into the final edit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> into the final cut. Yeah. yeah. I know. I can't let them all through, but. Yeah. And but some of them, they just they just seep through the cracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're just uh, too good to be left yeah. in the abyss. But yeah, it's sort of the Jurassic was more the dinosaurs we recognise and more the scale of dinosaur we recognise than the Triassic. Yeah. And that's when you had had your predators and I guess some herbivores being able to yeah. walk around and balance on two legs, which was obviously a very, you know, sort of an invaluable yeah. skill of movement speed and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because you can accelerate a lot faster on two legs. Than oh yeah, for sure. If you're on four, for sure. Because it's like if if you can, um, if you've got like a bend in a track, uh, then a human like can give a a horse a good run for its money in like the hundred meters sprint if it's like got a nice sharp turn. In it. Oh really? I I didn't know that I actually. Think... That's quite interesting. Yeah, I th- I think so at least. Can we test this? Uh, um, Do you have a horse? Uh have some in the field next to my house so i think it's worth a go yeah i mean i don't know how well d- we might get in trouble if they just find us racing some someone's horse that doesn't belong to us there <laughs> nah i think they'd be grateful right it's like for testing the horse's the speed 
the best career the horse is going to have. Right. Okay. In its life, so really, you know, they should be grateful. Even it's a bit general, aren't. though. I mean, horses can really range in technical ability, can't they? And so can humans. Yeah, I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I guess it's like. Well, I mean, horses are pretty big anyway. I think the 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 horses that I say and next to my garden are really Shetland ponies. That's what I was gonna say. Like, probably, I know, I know, like I could beat like a Shetland pony in a hundred meter sprint, but. <laughs> Even without a bend in the track, like an Arabian horse, I feel like yeah. I've just lost every time. There's yeah. there's no scenario where I win that sprint. Yeah. <laughs> Even a camel. Have you seen how fast camels are? Oh yeah. I I think camels I might be faster than horses under certain yeah. like situations, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I I don't really know about that. It's quite funny though. You know, like how camels walk. Um, they kind of walk with like both. Like the the right front leg and right back leg at like the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and the right and so they go like right left. But I I thought camel racing would be like more entertaining because it was like I thought they were just gonna like run like that as well. So it'd just be so <laughs> unstable. But it turns out they don't. They just gallop when they. Oh uh, yeah. When they no, race. actually, it's really really interesting. I saw um, I saw this like it was like a a movement breakdown of different animals. Yeah, and they were showing how animals go from that motion of going like the back, the opposite back foot with the other right, the other front foot. Yeah, uh, and they were showing how that goes into like a run and a, eventually a gallop, because it, it's oh, like yeah. a massive timing thing that every animal has to learn. Um, oh, right. That's on four legs if they want to run, but it's it's oh. actually a huge deal. Like they, it, it's like uh, they really have to. I don't know if it's a conscious thing. It probably they, gets they to the point to where it's not, it. but. There's there is a real change in how they move. Um, yeah, you know they don't they that don't is, just do it faster. It's a general different. Yeah, it is. It is. It's strategy. like a gallop yeah. rather yeah, than yeah, just yeah. a trot. So yeah. it's yeah, it's completely different. No, and it's but just yeah, cool you, you how animals to... find that sort of more efficient way to move than just a faster version yeah. of the way they move normally. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It, it's, it's. I guess it's like it allows you to make leaps rather than. Um, Rather than sort of like steps, yeah, that's kind of the main reason it's faster, but it's obviously like less efficient when you're just walking around. Yeah, yeah, no, and um, I guess then we sort of we get into the. I'm, I'm just gonna move us on a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Segway we get on. get into the Cretaceous period, and I already mentioned the Iguanodon, and this is when we had yeah. our Parasaur and the T Rex, and like a lot of recognizable dinosaurs, uh, Triceratops, obviously Spinosaurus. Gallimimus, that's a funny one. That's kind of it's like the ostrich, oh, yeah. isn't it? But um, I think that's sort of the that was that was another real big. Oh, that's you also had your giant crocodile, yeah, where... didn't you? Um, oh yeah, your sarcosuchus. <laughs> yeah, it's where you got get like yeah a lot of sort of like mo- movie star animals, you know? Yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, but I, it's it's yeah. cool that um, it's sort of it's important that you do have the movie dinosaurs because they do like kind of helps spur an interest in paleontology yeah. and the other big thing is like how animal how dinosaurs sounded and how that's oh, in, yeah. like in films now like we can say like all the ones in films are completely inaccurate like it was all just like they yeah. just got recordings of like reptiles and yeah. just like built them together to try and like mimic how they'd want that animal to sound like if they wanted yeah. an animal to sound friendly or scary or whatever yeah, 
I mean, that's kind of like, it's partially like creative yeah, freedom. Yeah, exactly. In a way. But, but then of... more recently, they've, you know, there's people that literally, you know, there's people that specialize in, in like <laughs> how dinosaurs sounded. And it's, it's like, it's quite yeah. crazy to think that that's like an entire specialty of uh, paleontology. <laughs> but it's like, it, they can actually do a lot now because they can, Yeah. obviously with an animal like the parasaur, it's fairly easy because in the parasaur fossil, like, you you can see like the tube that they were generating noise through, so yeah, you can kind of just make it and then produce like sound through it. Yeah, fairly you kind easy. Of know what sound? Yeah, but then others you have to like look at like birds and you have to look at the systems they use to make sound, and then you've got to compare yeah. like the similarities between that and the dinosaurs you're looking at. Um, oh, that 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 reminds me. Um, there's this scene in the um, Jurassic Park three. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid, but it's like, it's just it's just kind of funny though. Um, it's like, so um, there's a thing like earlier in the film, I think it I think it's Jeff Goldblum's character. Oh yeah. Um, but basically they they managed to like they're like oh we managed to three D print the the vocal cords of a um of a Velociraptor. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> so what you mean. Yeah, so it's like um. So they've got these um, this like model of like a velociraptor's like throat. Yeah. And then there's a bit in the film where they're like surrounded by like five velociraptors, and then I think Jeff Goldblum just whips out his um this thing, and it, then he just like blows on it. It's just so stupid though, because it's like it's like you wouldn't blow through like a human <laughs> throat. It just make like a wind sound. It wouldn't make like a perfect go away. <laughs> Like this message. No, I know, and, saying, and like, to assume that, especially with velociraptors, that's just not an animal you're going to be able to trick at all. Yeah, um, you know, they like they probably had like a fairly advanced social system of like talking yeah. to each other and stuff, and to assume that yeah. you could just mimic that. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's pretty ridiculous. But yeah, I, I just thought it was quite funny. That. Yeah, and obviously we like to assume that dinosaurs like roared as well it's like a big thing isn't it because we you know we think of other things that are like scary like a bear or a lion and they do this like yeah it's a roar but a roar is like a mammal thing like there aren't any reptiles that roar and so like actually what they think the noises would be like is you know like uh like a crocodile when it's threatened it does this like really like deep like grumble noise like and a, it like vibrates the water. A bit like a sort of purring sound. Yeah, but like... exactly. But like an aggressive, <laughs> an yeah, aggressive, aggressive purr. purr. Yeah, yeah. And it a lot of it's like not audible to us. It's like out of our range. And yeah, they think probably like that's what like they would have sounded like a lot of the dinosaurs uh, because right. they're so big, um, and they would have had like so much. They would have had like a much lower range of audibility than us. So. Yeah. Um. They think it would all like be a lot of like noises we hear as vibration. Yeah. So I guess we'd feel it. Oh right. Um, yeah. So you wouldn't really be able to hear. No, you just hear like this really sort of gut girdling grumble, which in yeah. some ways I think is like even more terrifying. Like this thought yeah. that this noise would just be like vibrating around and. Um, yeah, you'd feel them before. Yeah, you got to, exactly. Like, before you actually like saw them. No, and. Uh, I think imagining sort of these, you know, these huge creatures, you know, like say like a, say like one of the big sauropods or whatever, making that, making a huge noise, like 
like that. It would, yeah. um, you know, like calling the herd over or something. Yeah, it's just yeah, because you you would you would feel it. No, it, it it's be... just sounds on a scale that we just don't get from any animals in the modern world as well. Yeah, just like the sheer volume of their lungs that they'd be able to like hurl into this noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool actually. Because I I kind of I hadn't thought about like what noise they would actually make. Yeah, because I think it's something you always assume, isn't it? Of like the yeah. media you the media you're shown, but no, yeah. I saw this one where I saw I think it was actually. It was like a, in a documentary I saw, I can't remember the name actually, but um, they were like recreating like a T-Rex, but using like yeah. modern methods. And obviously it had like feathers and stuff like that. But uh, the big thing was like the sound of it as well. And although it was a very different sound to the classic like T-Rex, it yeah. was still absolutely terrifying, I think, like because it doesn't yeah. really matter. And in some ways it felt like it was... Um, knowing it was more accurate made it more scary because you yeah like it brought it into reality a bit more because it made sense being you know it makes sense that a big reptile isn't roaring um yeah so no i just thought it was quite cool thought yeah no it it. is nah it's it's, it's a good good fact i think it's like sort of shows how yeah you have these assumptions but they're not they're not really necessarily true no like at all really yeah do you, do you reckon that's like enough about that sort of um time period yeah yeah i think so i, d- I just wanted to talk about quickly the like the biggest flying animal that like there we've we ever go. had was during this period and it was like the <laughs> ornithocerius oh i've, I've yeah. butchered that severely but pretty pretty <laughs> much this this incredible animal uh, dinosaur had like a 12 meter wingspan yeah and like it literally couldn't fly until like the middle of the day because oh, right. the air. <laughs> because like it had to wait for the air to warm up so there'd be those rising <laughs> plumes like oh, yeah it was that big it was just really on the <laughs> limit of like actually flying and like the actual <laughs> body of it was bigger than like a man which is kind of oh, amazing yeah. when you think about like i mean obviously they have hollow bones um and the wing is like a skin membrane but yeah, there's still a lot of mass. Yeah, it's still a lot of mass to be to, to be bringing in, and the strength in it must have been amazing. And they have this really yeah. cool shaped. Um, I guess it's a bit like a beak, but the jaw, um, oh, kind yeah. of, the jaw kind of goes out into like a circle shape on the end, um, <laughs> and that like changes color. But well, they think it changed color depending on like um, maybe like a mating season thing or. Um, oh, yeah. sort of a, a bit like a stegosaurus i guess but different colors coming through due to uh the yeah. situation like like we see in a lot of reptiles today you know like yeah like chameleons yeah but no i just thought it's, it's i just wanted yeah. to mention i just can't even imagine something having a 12 meter wingspan yeah on, on to the next rounds up that on. so i think does that mean it is time for I think it's time for a quite quick quiz. Right. What better time has there ever been? No, exactly. For a quite quick Our quiz. Our robot assistant Alex coming in useful yet again. Yeah. Um. It's, what do you ever just think? What a guy. No, I often think that he's really. Um, yeah. He's really. I don't know. He's. He's really flourishing he's a into, us, really. into a great uh, assistant. You know. Yeah, and you know a great person. I think more importantly. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe we can discuss that topic with him. Uh, yeah. In an AI-orientated <laughs> yeah, episode. Oh, uh, yeah. That that would be convenient. Yeah, he'd be a good guest to have on. To do that at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
like a re- real AI. Exactly. Maybe as part of the episode, we sh- we just have to like machine learn code uh, <laughs> Alex the assistant, and then have him just on get as him a guest to, like, to reply to our fr- to what we say. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could probably like instead of just like building him up from the ground, we could just like feed him a bunch of like podcast data. And so he could just yeah. be like the perfect guest. You know, he would know exactly <laughs> what to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, but then, like, you know, we'd be sort of participating in the robotic sort of overhaul of, of workforces, really. Oh. We'd just be like, yeah, we'd just be the Alex cast. You're right. We'd kind of actually be, um, we'd be putting cutting off the hand of that the feeds job. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's a good point. Right, so... We didn't actually explain what this bit is. It's just <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> it's just a little quiz. Um, it's going to alternate each week. So this week I'm testing Tom, but it's just general knowledge. Tom has ten seconds of answer time, and we have to see like how many he can get right in that time. Oh yeah. So. God, I'm definitely going to embarrass myself with this. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's kind of the point. <laughs> kind to of be honest, point, yeah. I kind of want you to say some really stupid answers to these questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Can I can I pass them? Yes, yeah. I just have no, to... no, no. If you don't know what they are, you just say pass, and then I'll instantly All go right. to the next one and stop the timer. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I was I thinking about an that, and sometimes it's worth guessing, but sometimes it's quicker yeah. to actually say pass. So. Yeah. All right. That's um, good to know. Right. So, Alex, can you count us in? Three, two, one. Your time starts now. What is the hottest chili pepper in the world? Uh, the ghost chili pepper. Who was the first man to travel in space? Uh, Yuri Gagarin. What is Japanese sake made from? Pass. Oh, unlucky. <laughs> I've no what idea. is the normal colour of the gem topaz? Uh, pink. What is the only country in the modern world with a non-rectangular flag? Oh, Nepal. What is the strongest sense in humans? Uh, sight. Which university was founded first, Oxford or Cambridge? Oxford. Your ten seconds are actually up, Tom. Oh, right. So... How many did I get? Um... You got three right. Oh, that's that's all right, you know. Yeah. Okay. Three seconds an answer. Yeah. 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 What What were the answers to the ones I? Oh uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Wrong. I should. We should have said it as we went along. <laughs> yeah. The hottest chili in the world is the Carolina Reaper. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I I should have known that. Well, I I have heard of it, but I didn't think of it. Uh, Japanese sake is made from rice. You know, it's rice oh, yeah. wine. Um. I should have made a guess. Yeah, you probably should have because it was Japanese, so you could have like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, could have said rice, and it was probably going to be like a component of it. <laughs> yeah. True. What is the normal color of the gem topaz? That was yellow, and the strongest sense in humans was smell. Yeah. But, uh, not too bad. I. I it. Oh, yeah. You know, it gives room for improvement. You know. Yeah. Three out yeah, of. That's, yeah. You, seven. You can't start, start too high. No. No. For sure. Because then you've got to live up to it. Yeah, and yeah, you don't um, want to be a one-hit. And now, yeah, now you can absolutely you can get like a personal best every week now. Oh, yeah, that that is the aim. Yeah, 
So I'll be getting like 25. Um, like. Yeah, I think that might be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> 25 is, um, you know, you, you're really, that's some very rapid yeah. answers, to be honest, Tom. Yeah. If you're, if you're uh, answering this... 25 in 10 seconds. Yeah, I saw this guy, uh, it was a clip of like, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. And um, like the guy on it, um, he was like, he sort of, I think he, he only got to like the 25,000 pounds stage. Mm. But um, like on every answer, he was just like saying, um, he, like it, like the question would just come up and like before the answers were like even oh, he'd just say the on answer. the screen, he'd just, he'd just like go, this final answer, <laughs> like two seconds, like, uh, like it was all like everyone was like less than a second. That's pretty cool. I'm sure. Yeah. No, I, I love it in, like, in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when someone says final answer like straight away. It's like I, I really yeah. <laughs> respect like the confidence people have because yeah. even if like I knew something was right, like from the bottom of my heart, yeah, I, feel I like still I'd would like, like think time. about it way too much and not say yeah. final answer. Yeah. And there was a guy, um, there was a guy who like lost in like the first round um, because he just like said the wrong thing and then final answer. He said like the wrong letter. Oh, no. It's so it's so sad. Is that true? But yeah, well, yeah, it was like it's like a video on YouTube. That's awful. And like the answer, it was like such an easy question. It was like, what does this thing cause you to do? And the the initials of it were like a chew. So obviously the answer was sneeze. Right. <laughs> but so and the answer was like D sneeze. And then uh, he just said, "Yeah, I know it's sneeze, so I'm gonna go with C final answer." Oh no! Because he'd said yeah, final yeah, answer, yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't like do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, legally he had failed. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's that's really sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's always sad when someone goes out in the first round though, because it. Yeah. I, you must think of the mental toll on someone getting the first question wrong, like. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't there that that lady that like it was something to it was like a question about, um, like which fruit isn't yellow or something. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and it was like they said. Oh, or name a yellow fruit. Yeah, and she. Oh, yeah. Sorry, name a yellow oh, fruit, she and orange. she said orange. Yeah, or something yeah. like that. And you just, I, I don't think that was actually from who wants to be a millionaire, but um, no, I didn't think it was so. a it game was just, show of yeah. some kind. But you've just got <laughs> yeah. to think like you must just feel stupid for the rest of your yeah. life after a moment like that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think every, it's just like the your brain just like doesn't function. No, exactly. Like, and you're just yeah. under pressure. Yeah. For some reason, pressure <laughs> pressure does something to, to your mental connections, yeah. doesn't it? It just sort of shuts yeah. them down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess that um that rounds yeah. up the uh, quiz. I think that went all right. Up the quiz. But I'm looking forward to being quizzed next week. To be honest. Ah uh, yeah. But uh yeah. That's so some absolutely cracking questions. As much as I love dinosaurs, and I think they were a really really cool part of our geological history, you know ancient eras but it did have to come to an end sadly yeah yeah so um yeah so that was about 65 million years ago yeah that um that the uh sort of cretaceous paleogene um mass extinction occurred and you know every, everyone sort of knows like the main reason that that happened you know it's caused by a giant meteor that was i think was it about ten, 10 kilometers or something in? Uh, yeah, I think so. In yeah, diameter, landed in Mexico, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh no, fifteen ca- fifteen kilometers. Oh, right. um, apparently. Um, so yeah, so that hit into hit into the earth, caused all of the uh, the giant 
giant ash clouds. Um, Throw us into nuclear you know, winter. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I've got here um, that apparently the the annual probability of it happening, um, like of, of a meteor of that's of like ten kilometers or bigger, um, hitting the uh, hitting the Earth is two, apparently two times ten to the minus eight. Really? So that means like roughly once every fifty million years, something like that happens. Wow! So, so a pretty uh, high probability in terms of yeah, Earth's, yeah, that's what like Earth like time frames. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it, I guess technically we're kind of like due for one, although that's not uh, really. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I that's guess not, that's, that's not how not, statistics that's not work. How it works but, at um, all, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think we're due, so, due a yeah. lot of things when you look at yeah. patterns, but patterns don't always follow suit. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's there's actually a um, there's a planetary society of um, of volunteers, and they basically like they they just like scan the skies mm. for um, for meteors that like could potentially hit the earth. Yeah, yeah. But um, aren't, aren't they quite, tracking like the, oh, three thousand like near Earth celestial bodies yeah. or something ridiculous? Probably probably something like that. But it's like it's just cool because like all of these people are, like volunteers. They they like they don't get paid right. for it. It's just like something they do out of out of the kindness of their heart. Yeah, no, it's cool. Just sort of. Although to be honest, so I can, guess like so we can know about our destruction three years before. Yeah, that's it what I was thinking. Like, unless we have a way of stopping it, like I'd actually rather not know. Yeah. <laughs> Although maybe yeah, maybe, maybe I would want to know so that you could try and prioritize your remaining time. I guess. Well. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I feel like they probably wouldn't let people know. Yeah, you're right. I think the world would just... Be, um, just cause chaos. <laughs> it would go into absolute chaos. Because yeah. no one would, like, do anything, like, that helps keep society functioning anymore. Because you just yeah. think, what's the point? Uh, yeah. No, it would be a very... It would be a lawless It would be like realm. an unprecedented yeah. uh, situation in human history. Yeah. Just when no one has any reason to do anything. True. It would be... Well, to be fair, you'd maybe then actually just get everyone coming together to stop it happening. Um, yeah, maybe. And then maybe we'd, like, yeah. lose nationalism and we'd, like, come together as as a one people or something. Yeah. <laughs> the thing... I mean, yeah, I, I guess there's, the thing is, though, um, I don't know if there's... I don't know if they would be able to say with certainty that, like, a, a meteor like that was, was going to hit the Earth. You know, in terms of... Um, they, they'd say, like, oh, this one is has a certain likelihood of it but it doesn't necessarily like because it's so hard to like track the trajectory of something like that and um you know earth is like so small really in terms of the uh the amount of potential places i guess we have like models of it but we can't you know it's, it's very hard to like say with certainty that you know something is going to hit the earth yeah no in, like, I, yeah years. it's always going to be like a probability thing because there's so many like little nuances that just change like in immeasurable ways. I feel like, yeah, um, just in space in general. Yeah. You know, like how do you know that this just won't be like some like solar flare that will come out and then that will like yeah, you affect things, but you don't know until it happens or, yeah, you know, you don't know if there's like some small untracked object that might hit the big object and then that sort of affects its trajectory. Yeah, no, I know what you yeah. mean. It's <laughs> It must be like insanely complicated to keep track yeah. track of them all at all um, when yeah. they're such such tiny objects in terms of space. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You sort of you said like a a small object hitting the big object, but 
it's actually it's it's really like very infrequent that like you know two two moving objects would collide no it's a, it's a good point actually because, yeah like because there were um there was a thing with like um there was the first sort of probe that um went past the like some like the asteroid belt yeah they thought they thought like initially like oh it's going to be there's like all these asteroids here it's going to be it's going to be a massive problem you know we it might just like hit an ast like get yeah, hit by yeah. an asteroid but they they rated the chance of it get of like it hitting into an asteroid as it went through it as like one in a billion. Well, yeah, it's, it's like in so. every film where someone has to steer their ship through like an asteroid field, yeah. uh, and it's just like actually just yeah, not, not like that not at all. It like it's more like yeah, <laughs> there's like a million Sp- miles between. <laughs> yeah, Sp- space has a lot of stuff in it, but it's also massive. Yeah, it has a lot of space. So, so that stuff is very spread out. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, with this like uh, dinosaur extinction, well, I thought it was quite in- quite cool how like it it's only it was only in like about nineteen eighty that um they really discovered like they really like proved that it was um you know a a meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like that just seems like very recently for something that we sort of take to be so, um, so sort of you know true. Well, yeah, I think but, it's still um, something where there's like still discussion over, but it's kind of yeah. like been decided as the only thing that could have done it so well. Like, yeah, they they say um, that like potentially there's uh, volcanic activity yeah. as well. Like, and they kind of like they they kind of thinking like maybe it acted as like a one-two sort of thing like the volcanic activity has been happening yeah yeah, and then yeah. could have been the, a, the like a hits. combination of factors yeah i i don't know if yeah. you heard this as well but i heard that it could have been something to do with pollen as well because oh, yeah. like flowering plants developed at the end of the jurassic era um and so like all the organisms up until that point like didn't know how to deal with pollen um yeah. and so like oh, right. it may have caused like mass allergic reactions in like all the animals um oh yeah and that's just like weird. killed them off because they just like oh, couldn't breathe yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> yeah that's 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 a weird yeah it's like something you'd never thing. even think about is it but yeah you know we yeah just like extreme hay fever like like <laughs> obviously you yeah exactly and there's a big difference between us obviously forming more like evolving when most other things around us have like they've already got to that point of um they're just they're going to be like that for our entirety of our yeah. evolution like and so like we've evolved to deal with the issues of our environment but you know yeah. dinosaurs had to adapt to that changing environment yeah and pollen is something that I, I wouldn't consider at all but could have actually been pretty bad yeah yeah, I can imagine that because it's yeah, it's like a something that would have never existed. Well, before. yeah, and because the it was such lush conditions, right? And you had a bunch yeah. of insects that be- like became the pollinators, Just spreading it around. Like it, it yeah. flowering plants very rapidly took over like the entire earth. Um, yeah. So no, I also heard it might have been like disease um, because oh, in yeah. the end of the Jurassic, there was like. A, there was a period of time where a lot of land bridges formed bec- between like different islands in like the Cretaceous period. Like it, it wasn't yet anywhere near like India still hadn't joined like Asia and stuff like that. Yeah. But 
there was a lot of um, places that had split off from, you know, we were way past Pangaea. Things had broken off and yeah. separated. But then yeah, due, so to, due to like sea level change and stuff like that, land bridges were reforming. So they think maybe populations that hadn't interacted for millions of years were interacting. And they might have like given oh, right. each other diseases, a bit like you yeah. know, like the smallpox. So. That, that mixing of the, yeah. the population that we were talking about before. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's like uh, that's true. That's possible actually. I mean, I think it's like the thing is, we do we do sort of we do know that a, a meteor hit. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly, and and, and you can kind of predict the effects that would have. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It would have wiped out like a lot of the animals nearby, but then. The other thing to consider is obviously, like you said, it chucks so much ash up into the atmosphere that no yeah. plants could photosynthesize for like months, and yeah. and so it meant like all the plants died. There was then yeah. no food for the herbivores. Her- herbivores stop all time. And then all the carnivores die, and then you just have yeah. like total ecosystem collapse, and you're back to square one. Yeah. So I can easily see that being like that could easily have been the only thing. But then yeah. I feel like also maybe it, there yeah. could have been other There's things. Been lots of punches yeah, exactly. Could have it yeah. might have just been like a real build up of like unlucky timings. Yeah. Now there was because um, the reason they knew they know that uh, the the meteor hit the Earth was it's because like they they found that at certain, a certain like time there was just like a massive amount of um, de- of deposits of an element called iridium. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, so normally iridium is really rare on the surface of the earth because it's uh, it has a latin name but this latin name translates to iron loving so it's attracted to iron uh, and when um so the since iron's a very dense element it's like the majority of the iron in the earth is in the core of the earth so when the earth was in sort of a molten phase all of this iridium just followed followed along with the iron and just went to the core. Yeah. Um, so it's very unnatural to have these iridium deposits in the on, on the surface of the Earth. But in a meteor, th- these iridium deposits are natural because the meteor's a lot smaller. So, you know, it, it just shows that you know it's it, it's very likely that a meteor. Well, at, at that time they they were like, oh well, it's gonna be a meteor because they're the only thing that could have brought iridium just to the yeah, surface. Yeah, and then just like dispersed it everywhere. Con- yeah. Yeah. And then obviously they found the creator, the creator as well, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the biggest evidence for it for sure. Um, sort of hundred and eighty kilometers wide. Yeah. And like one point no, two kilometers That's... deep. It's just. I mean, the scale like of so, that is so insane massive. because, like, although you hear about, like, the size of the crater, like, yeah. the knock-on effects of the size of a crater, like compared to yeah. the size of area that it like just completely obliterates is insane. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's it's like the um, you've got this hundred and eighty kilometers and one point two kilometers deep, and that that basically means that you've got all of this matter, and rather than being in the ground, it's in the air. Yeah. <laughs> the the amount of volume, and you know, so that's gotta like that then just like rains down on everything mm. or just stays in the air. Yeah. So it's <laughs> no, it just would have been like a volley of just like high velocity rock wouldn't it just across yeah. like the entire planet yeah um, yeah and the, there was also um yeah because of that sort of you know the the rock like you know it goes up and then it burns oh uh, so yeah the, yeah the um the sort of the the, the the meteor crashes on one side of the planet but on the other side of the planet you've got these wildfires that are just happening mm. 
because of all yeah. this rock that's just on fire that's just landing into all of these things. Yeah. So there's so true. much destruction of habitats as well, just like immediately as it lands, as well as like in the sort of millions of years after because of the blocking of the sunlight. Yeah, and the thing is as well, like the actual like plant, the like the flora of that time was like so susceptible to wildfires as well. So, yeah. I, you know, you can easily see that just like burning through. Um, how, how is it susceptible? Were the plants really dry? Yeah, well, sort of like it's just that type of plant. Yeah. And wildfires were quite like a, a normal cycle for a lot of the environments as well. So like when you have big forests and a wildfire happens, like unless you have like natural breaks in the forest, like a fire can literally just like burn like millions of acres, right? And yeah. obviously these forests, like the only natural breaks would have been like rivers and maybe like sauropods trampling through things, right? But yeah, like at that stage... It, it would have been absolutely devastating, like, wildfires. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure the types of trees are kind of the ones as well that would have kind of used a forest fire to help spread their seeds, like, they would have taken advantage oh, right. of it. And so they're not a type of tree that would kind of halt burning. They oh, would just right. kind of, like, let it burn through. Yeah. yeah. You know, a bit like we see with, like, a lot of the plants in Australia. You know, they don't get that burnt themselves, but the fire just, like, carries on through. And then they kind of use that to disperse their seeds. And like a yeah. lot of the plants have like a cycle built to do with the, the wildfires as well. Oh, right. So they're, yeah, so they're, so they're kind of like, the, the, the wildfires almost benefit them in a way. So they're kind of, there's no reason for them to sort of be anti-fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, like I'm pretty sure some of the trees in Australia literally have like this really flammable outer bark, which... Oh yeah, like actually fuels the fire and carries it on through, which is obviously <laughs> like a huge issue. And if you let like yeah. the bush build up, it can become like a really dangerous issue to control yeah. the fire. But obviously, we there's a lot more wildfires now because of people. But it's still like a very yeah. natural cycle it always that always happens. happened. Yeah. Um. And so, a lot of plants have adapted to it and sort of take advantage of it because of that. Yeah, can't blame them really. No, no, you can't blame plants. Plants are resourceful things, really. Yeah. Yeah, they're just just doing what they can. Yeah. To make more of themselves. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to think of the um, the flowering plants. That was a bit of a stroke of luck, wasn't it? When yeah, they, when they suddenly were like, oh, these these insects are just going to carry our pollen for us. Yeah. By complete uh, yeah, coincidence. Yeah, a very bizarre step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it literally was just like a step. It just was like no flowering plants. We now have flowering plants, and yeah. there was just insects around at that same time that then became the pollinators. Like, it's yeah. a really, it's definitely a thing where you've got to think like, if the flowering plant was leaving like the right pheromones and had the right colours to attract insects, and then also had like the nutrients that the insects could extract, they would have like reproduced more regularly and stuff like that. Like, obviously, those trees would just do better, wouldn't they? Yeah. And then there would just be like the natural selective processes. And so the trees that were producing the the, the correct pheromones for insects and the correct nutrients yeah. for insects and the correct colours would have just like, they would have just spread everywhere uh, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so it's like, it sort of allows for a much quicker curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not just like one species making a little change to itself yeah, it's, it's like you know like another species is pretty much piggybacking its whole operation yeah <laughs> yeah it's really like 
and you, and you kind of require like a, a network of um, flowering plants almost for it to be effective. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it can't just be you. You yeah. need your you need your neighbours. Because, I mean, with some trees, like the whole tree is male or female. And in that case, that yeah. you really do need another tree. But a lot of trees can yeah. just pollinate themselves. Yeah. And so in that case, it's they, they're kind of a, a lot more solo. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the fruit trees we have today, like, aren't even that good at pollinating at all. Because we've, like, yeah. we've, we've, we've selective bred, like, fruit. the ones that are really good for fruit. And so what we do yeah. is we also have ones that we've selective bred for really good um, at uh, pollinating. Um, oh, right. And fertilizing the other trees and so yeah. if people have orchards they like plant one like in the middle of their orchard and then like all around oh, yeah. the side as well and that's like and then it basically just the kingpin yeah exactly it just like sends out all this good uh good pollen to all the other trees to fertilize them and yeah oh yeah yeah that's pretty cool actually there's like how much just sort of like fruit and stuff like has changed it's kind of crazy yeah really. you know like um if you if you look at like a banana not particularly long ago like maybe like 400 years ago you know it's just sort of it look it basically looks nothing like a banana yeah now yeah it's just full of full of seeds you know to spread the to spread like itself around but then like a banana now has barely any seeds in. well the i mean the banana now just... literally doesn't have se- like it yeah <laughs> literally can't grow a plant from the banana like the, the cavendish yeah. banana to get more cavendish bananas you literally have to just like make another clone of a Cavendish banana, yeah. which in some ways is really cool because it basically all came from like one. Yeah, yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, yeah, and and as we know, that's a really bad idea for protection. It's like disease and stuff like that. Yeah. And so now all our Cavendish bananas being killed off by this like red fungus. But no, oh, it's right. <laughs> it's crazy. Like so, the banana we eat today, the Cavendish one, the banana people eating a hundred years ago is not the Cavendish banana. Um, yeah. But then there was a disease that wiped out, literally just wiped out all of the bananas. And yeah. people were like, okay, right, we we need to find a new banana. We can actually yeah. eat um, <laughs> to replace this one. And this was when uh, yeah. Britain had all the colonies and everything. And they sort of, in some ways, selective bred a, uh, a banana that they had that was a kind of weird mutant one that sort of just couldn't even make more bananas. Because it was seedless, but in some ways it made it a better fruit for consumption. So, you know, I'm sure if they could, they'd make every, yeah. f- like, fruit seedless. But some just won't allow it, I guess, because it's, yeah. like, literally the purpose of so, the fruit. It's so unnatural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just sent out this Cavendish banana to all the, like, British colonies. Um, and that's, like, yeah. how it then spread back just, out like, throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, you can still get, like, plantains and the other bananas um in the tropical parts of the world because that's just where those bananas naturally come yeah. from but um pretty much all like all european bananas is just from from this one banana plant yeah <laughs> which i think is pretty cool really but yeah yeah that's it is cool. also a massive weakness like, yeah i guess i guess i guess like yeah maybe one day the, all the bananas will just die yeah it's very likely but it's just, very very just have likely. to find another one yeah. or we just go to plantains or something but, else We'll just tolerate our seeds, some seeds in bananas. <laughs> yeah. Just like... Although I feel like after having a seedless fruit, I couldn't go back to having seeds in it. You know, it, it's yeah. like grapes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. When you go when yeah, you go back to grapes that strange. have proper big seeds in, it's just a change I'm not yeah. willing to accept. And they are like quite, they're, they're quite, quite intrusive. <laughs> I was going to say that. That's the correct they're word. Like... <laughs> they're so intrusive. They're like, 
you know, like say with like a plum or a peach, like yeah, you can it doesn't matter. You can you dodge the stones very easily. It. You can eat around. It. Yeah, yeah. You a, a grapes are sort of you a, a pop in grapes. one. You know, I don't yeah. want to have to pick a seed out every time. You know, it's yeah. I don't want the same hassle as I have with like eating pistachios, which is one of the yeah. most hassling <laughs> things. To, I think you use more energy opening a pistachio than you gain from it, to be honest. Ah, no, you, you just got to get your methods right, I think. Right, well, I clearly don't yeah, have a good it, method. You have to, I, think, I think if you have fingernails, it's a bit of an advantage. <laughs> Although, uh... <laughs> right, I see what you mean. Definitely couldn't go back to... Yeah, no, no, I, I literally... Well, I'm just not bothered about grapes if they have seeds, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's weird, isn't it? But then we completely tolerate them in a lot of other things. Yeah, and, and I, I guess it, a lot it of just depends, like watermelon, all the time. Yeah, but like, oh, actually, I'll tell you another time they're a bit annoying is in like a mandarin, oh, yeah. or like a tangerine or anything. Yeah, no, that's they're annoying. really annoying. Yeah, I don't mind them quite as much because you don't like you often you generally don't end up like biting into them. No, you don't because you you, you see can, them. You just kind of like have the seed yeah, in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah. You're just like ah, oh, well, got to get rid of this. Yeah, but like um. But yeah, with grapes, you just like bite into it all the time. It's just, it's just annoying. It's rude. Apples are just the ultimate sort of seed thing because you know they're just in the core. Yeah, and the core. if you eat enough of them, everyone's you happy. Die. Yeah, and that's the that's that's the optimal sort of thing. Really. How many is it like? Two. I feel two hundred and seventy-three, or I don't know. I don't know where I've just pulled that number from. But I mean that we 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 can. Uh, We'll just say two hundred and seventy-three for now as the official. As the official statistic, it might be a quiz. Cherry pips now. are pretty bad actually for cyanide content. Oh, are yeah. they? How much have they got? Um, a lot more than I apples. guess. That's a bad question. Yeah, like um, that's a that's a bad question because even if you had a number, it would mean nothing. You're right. Me. Yeah, like I could eighteen thousand eight just cyanide eight. counts. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. You're right. It's an arbitrary unit, <laughs> unit isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, but I think like you'd only need like twenty. It's like only like twenty cherry pips or something. Oh right. Like if you ate, yeah. if you ate that, yeah. Which is yeah, kind of scary. Yeah, it's really, not, not a lot, really, because it's not actually that many. I mean, you don't eat the seed of a cherry. No, anyway. but I never. You yeah. never think that when you're a kid, do you? And probably if you're a kid, it'd be way less, right? If you're like half the body size. Yeah, probably. And I feel like as a kid, you could just easily eat like ten cherries whole. So, no, I think <laughs> I just I think I'd just be like, oh, cherries they're great, but there's this massive seed in them. Yeah, but what if someone told yeah. you like you like that eating the seed was part of it? <laughs> yeah, but why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to theorize it happening. Oh, yeah. But I've never heard of it in the news, so it must be a rare occurrence. I've, yeah, I've never heard of any anyone dying from it. No. Well, <laughs> well, I guess that I, think with I that... guess talking about cherry pips rounds up our conversation about dinosaurs. So. That yeah, was a perfect it, it ending. Really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I do love it when like a story sort of bookends like that and you just get a nice link back to the beginning. Yeah, I know. When it links back in like yeah. that, it's a really sort of good ending it's for everyone. Very, yeah. fl- very flawless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just feels like you've really come to the natural end of a topic when you get back to the start. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right, Tom. Do you know what so, time it is? <laughs> I, I know what time it is. I think... Uh, Oh yeah, I forgot. I was waiting for the jingle. But I realized <laughs> you realized you are the jingle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is this so is a bit of a joke bit. So, yeah. but, um, well, it's, uh, it's 
without further ado. Yeah. Duh, 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 duh. Ant of the week. Perfect. Perfect. That was fantastic. Yeah, perfect. Uh, oh, thank you. I enjoyed it a lot. Actually. I think yeah. It was really good. Thanks. Uh, uh, you know, when someone appreciates the things you do, it's just it's just really Yeah, nice. it makes it worthwhile, doesn't it? Like yeah. yeah. I can't wait to clip that it's and what... then like auto tune it and put some music behind <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so what is your ant of the week, Tom? Uh, my ant of the week is the ant that is known as acacia ants. Whoa. So they live on um a plant called the bull the bull's no, the bull's thorn acacia tree. <laughs> and basically yeah. It's a bit of a sim- symbiotic relationship, yes. really, because because the queen ant gets lured in by like the scents, and then uh, she lays her eggs on the thorns of the uh, the tree, and then they sort of have a few generations, you know. And once they get to about four hundred ants strong, then um, the ants act like gardeners of the tree, mm. and they basically like they defend the tree against other insects. So they, um, you know, like if a grasshopper tries to get on the tree then they just like you know they just they just murder it yeah and then uh you know if a goat tries to eat the tree they just sting it sting its head wow and then uh in in return for that the tree sort of supplies them with like a a little nectar at the base of its leaves Wow. and this contains sugar and like amino acids and proteins that's awesome you know that's pretty good really it's like a that's like that's like like a a perfect symbiotic symbiotic relationship yeah yeah like what a nice symbiosis! The yeah. ants are getting a nice meal. It's like, uh, just they're nice just paying for like protection. You know? Yeah. Well, that's to be yeah. fair. That's quite weird. And when you think about it, like how that's evolved, they've definitely like co-evolved a little bit, haven't they? But yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you can you can see how like this more. the tree that produced this like nice sticky uh, nectar right was suddenly just yeah. doing way better because it was yeah. being protected. And then, like, obviously, if they had that, like, hollow for the ants to live in as well, they'd do even better. Yeah. Because the ants are then protected a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, like, by chance, but also, like... Yeah. They will, they'll have had those... They'll just... The traits will have just become more Yeah. So. And then you can see how, like, once it's started, it's just something that's always going to be favoured, like, in terms yeah. of natural selection. So. Self, self-fulfilling. Yeah. Part, <laughs> no, exactly. It's cool. Sort of thing. No, I like that. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good ant. Right? Oh, thank you. What's your answer? Um, I just went for the classic army ants, you know? Oh, like, yeah. I, I think it's cool that there's, like... Because so many ants just, like, settle down in one place for, for, for the rest of time, you know? But yeah. then army ants is just, like... It seems a very different type of ant. Because they they, yeah. they just live, like, a nomad hunter-gatherer lifestyle. <laughs> you know, they're just, like... Oh, yeah. they, they'll just, as a as a group, as a hive mind, just be like, oh, we're going, we're going from A to B just tonight. Yeah. And then, oh. like... That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and then they'll just, like, go to somewhere, like, eat what they can from it, and then move on. And, like, they, they'll just, like, go out on a hunting party and just collect insects yeah. and just kill just, them. and Just pill- pillage the villagers. Yeah, I mean, they just... kind of, uh, it's kind of a bit of a pillage the world yeah. thing, isn't like, it? Like the Vikings yeah. of the ant world. Yeah, yeah, but I think they're really cool because of how good they are at, like, protecting themselves and... They like acknowledge the weak among them and stuff. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. So like you have like the big you have like the big tanky guys like your big yeah um, the, the ones that have been like given all like the the extra steroids from the queen and that's not a joke that's oh, actually yeah. true but um, <laughs> they basically they like grow for like an extra couple of days and they just get absolutely yeah. massive and like armored up just get beefy yeah 
And those guys just like, like say all the ants are like moving down like a line or whatever from A to B. These yeah. guys, there'll be like a group of them at the front and then they'll be like posted like every so often throughout the ants just to like, yeah. as like a sentry almost, just to keep an eye yeah. out for like any predators and stuff. And I just think it's quite cool. It seems like quite conscious this decision yeah. to like, it's like, a, like a spread out like a your res- spread out your military resources. Yeah, and yeah. then you have like the smaller ones and stuff. But and then they like all team up together and take down insects that are like a hundred times the size of them. And yeah, I I just I just think it's cool. Yeah, that- when something is such like a always such like a base animal, you know, like it just settles down and makes a base, and then. To have a version yeah. of it that's a nomad version, I think, is pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, th- yeah. The fact that like, because um, it's very like different to what you'd expect from any sort of like hive kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just sort of um, without yeah, the hive, you, it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You you wouldn't you, you kind of expect them to like be sort of entirely dependent on their internal structure. Yeah. But it's sort of not the case, so it's. Yeah, so that's it's pretty pretty cool. Well, I think your ant wins. To be honest, I think your ant gets ant of the week. I think because uh, I, I do love <laughs> that ant. It's um is one of my favorites actually. It's just that symbiosis is just really special. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was uh it was number number ten on top ten ants <laughs> YouTube video. <laughs> so. I actually I, I can't believe you watched the YouTube videos research for ant of the week. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is actually. I'll make sure. I'll make sure to only read academic journals from now on. <laughs> no, you have to go out in the field and collect the data. All <laughs> oh, right. So you went and got. You went to uh, the the mighty uh, army ant collection. Yeah, I went to Africa and just just got them from the wild. Um, and I just went and studied army ants for the past week. Ah, oh, f- fair enough. No, I, I. I mean that's. To be honest, there's so many ants I could talk about. I, I, there's so many cool ants. That we can save, <laughs> save for next week, I guess. Um, I mean, I'll just, it's just I don't want to get carried away and keep talking you know? about ants. You know, just we could use all the ants. I mean, up. I would love to, but yeah, true. I think we we do have slight time constraints against. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we just have to do an episode yeah. on on ants eventually. Just bite the bullet. Yeah. Ants. Just yeah. Just and then we can just maybe that that would be like the finale of Ant of the Week. Yeah. True. And then it's done, just and like, we just. Because there's just no more about ants that we could possibly think yeah. about. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a good the, idea. The, yeah. They're just we yeah, there just are no more ants in the world. <laughs> We've just used e- up every <laughs> single ant for ant of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's time for the next segment. It is the final segment. Which actually might be one of my favourites. Yeah. I think it's my one of mine. Here are some things we think are worth your while. So Oh wow, Tom! I do love how he delivers it. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great assistant. Um, yeah, he's just great. He's consistent every time. You know, yeah, no no fluctuations in his voice yeah. whatsoever. He's very professional, unlike us. But also, he has the emotion of a thousand tears. Um, you know, as well. I don't know. I I would actually say he was emotionless as a wooden plank. Well, that's very that's very derogatory, isn't it? Really. <laughs> Be yeah, I I'm not really sure. I think I think it's an acceptable thing to say about yeah. a robot voice. Yeah. Anyway, I think I've gone first in like every other segment. Yeah. So okay. Do you go sure. First? Thank you. Yeah. So, my worth your while is kind of not really something that's gonna advance your knowledge in any field, but 
it's just yeah. like a pretty fun watch and it's like yeah. something I watched when I was younger but it's actually like got some really good um like dinosaur stuff in and like just ancient periods of time stuff in and it's it's this uh it's this program called prehistoric park right um oh. where this zookeeper he's like talking to his other zookeeper and they're just they want to spice up their zoo it's just not cool enough and so yeah they basically just like can open these time portals um and they just <laughs> go back in time and like collect dinosaurs but they always oh, like think, save them, I, I, you know. I think I actually remember this now. Really? Like, was it on like CITV? Or something? I don't know, but it was. Um, I we always just had it on DVD. Was it was it, was it about like a a T Rex? There was one like about a T Rex. The main the main guy. Like, no spoilers, Tom, for anyone All who's right. going to go and watch it. You know. All right. <laughs> Very sorry. No, but it's cool. They don't just do dinosaurs. They like do like. Uh, Ice Age stuff, and uh, they also do some like earlier stuff, pre-dinosaur stuff. But I don't know. It's just it's quite yeah. it's quite a fun show. But the actual animation in it is like weirdly good for when it was from. I mean, maybe if I watched it now, I wouldn't think that. But yeah, well, yeah. When was the last time you watched um, it? <laughs> probably like five years at least. Oh right. <laughs> so it's probably <laughs> like really outdated. But yeah. um, it's no, it's good fun. Like. Yeah. I don't think you'll you won't regret watching it if you do, but I also don't yeah. think that like it, there's much point in watching it if you're trying to like actually <laughs> yeah. advance your knowledge. But as a bit of fun and trying to like just, just watch dinosaurs, just I guess it's kinda kick, cool. Kick your feet up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Relax. Right. So what about you, Tom? <laughs> yeah. What's your worth your while for this week? Well uh my my worth your while is a book that I've um well I've kind of spoken to you about it a little bit. But it's uh, it's called uh, let me see what uh, a short history of nearly everything. Yeah. By Bill Bryson. Oh wow. And it's just a it's a really nice like it's a really nice book and he basically just sort of goes over kind of the history of like knowledge, well sort of the various like of like scientific discovery, mm. and just kind of like a quick sort of bit on like kind of you know the main branches of science like you know, what, what people think, like, uh, the origin of, like, what people think the, uh, the origin of the universe is. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like, life, life on Earth and geology and, uh, sort of quantum physics and stuff. And it's all, like, it's not that in-depth, but it's sort of, it's very, it's, like, it's really nicely written. I think he has a, he, like, he writes, like, in a really appealing sort of, he doesn't assume you have any knowledge, but he's also, like, it's very sort of, like, you know, he, he sort of respects. Yeah, he doesn't baby as a, it down. As a reader. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, yeah, because it, it's it's all, it's obviously all like sugar coated science, but I think he's got like a nice. Oh yeah. A nice way of writing. I mean, things. you have to sugarcoat it a little bit, don't you, for people trying to yeah. get into it? But. Yeah, but that's. I mean, like, yeah, that's fine, really. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's it's it's really like it's really worth reading because it's it's a really like easy to read book, cool. but it's it's got like lots of. You know, really interest. Like I've used probably quite a lot of facts from the book just on these two podcasts. Really, right? Wow. Yeah. So it's well, just. I guess you can just like read the bits you're interested in as well, right? Yeah, you can probably like skip around in the chapters. It's probably like doesn't matter particularly, but it's cool. all like worth reading yeah. as well. Like you know, I'm I'm like not particularly interested in like geology, but you know, the the bits about geology were 
kind of like really interesting. So that's uh, might be the first time I've heard geology and interesting in the same sentence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of more like because um, he talks a lot about the characters behind it and like their sort of stories. Oh, that's cool. So it's amazing actually how um, how often something is discovered by one person and then someone else takes the credit for it and it gets named after them. Oh yeah, it happens like you know, it, I swear like fifty percent of the time. Like yeah, probably yeah, probably like more than that even. Like often people's ideas are just like too far ahead of their time to like be. I think that's the that's really. the saddest thing, really, isn't it? Because yeah. often someone will have like presented a theory like fifty years before or like a hundred years before, but then yeah. it's just kind of like forgotten just, about. No one's and, ready yeah. for it. And like the other thing you've got to think about is like how many things do you think were like just like not published but someone was researching it and then like maybe they like died or gave up on it and then like someone else like took over and took the credit and stuff and like i wonder how much like that isn't yeah there's so many things like there's so many um like lots of uh particularly with like mathematicians because it's kind of like a race to um sort of get the proof a lot of the time Mm. so a lot of like in the older sort of days in like the 1800s and earlier than that they'd all sort of work alone, sort of trying to fin- be the one to finish the proof. Yeah. And then, like, a lot of... They'd have a lot of, like, 80% finished proofs um, that, like, they just didn't publish or anything because they just sort of, you know... And like, they, they were discovered, wall. like, after they died and stuff. And it's the same with, like, there's a guy called um, Riemann who's, um, well, there's a very famous, like, thing called the Riemann hypos- hypothesis. Right. Uh, but... But um, a lot of his discoveries, like, they were only discovered, like, after he died. Oh, okay. Um, just because um, he sort of kept them secret because he didn't want anyone to, like, know about them and sort of, like, finish the the proof for right, him. Right, you know? right. This... But then he just never finished it before he died. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he did sort of, he finished a lot of things and, like, made a lot of, you know, there's, like, R- Romanian ge- geometry and, and all that sort of, like, well, I mean, anything with, like, Riemann in in the name basically that well he's done which is a, a surprisingly large amount of things but yeah so like a lot of it was only discovered when people just like went through his notes afterwards. yeah that's pretty cool yeah it's probably a case with like a lot of lot of scientists though there's probably like yeah so much unfinished yeah, stuff that they could like theorize on but could never actually like prove or anything yeah because it's like the nobel peace prizes like nobel prizes like they get given out when there's the evidence for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of the time, the, the evidence is only found, like, a, lo- a long time after they die. So they kind of never see their, their discovery sort of, like, come to fruition. Yeah, there's just sort of, the, like, yeah. watching over the young scientists like, yeah. a, like a force ghost. Yeah. <laughs> guiding them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's a good point. Good point to wrap Yeah, up I think episode, it is, yeah. Thank yeah. you for listening. So... And... Yeah, oh, I thanks. just wanted to mention, if you want to send in your question of the week and you saying question of the week so that I can edit it in for next week's episode, if you go on the Anchor website and type in the 2IQ crew, uh, you can actually message us with an audio file uh, on there. And so basically, if you have, if, even if you have just like feedback or like queries or, or like the question of the week, like anything on that, we'd yeah. we'd love any any interaction yeah, with any, you guys. Any yeah, any feedback at yeah. all. So, like, even if it's just like criticism or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure, exactly. That's like the, that's really hopefully, hopefully well. constructive. 
but yeah, ideally. <laughs> ideally, but it's not a but perfect de- world. Destructive is also, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, exactly. We'll t- we'll take anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, we'd appreciate any messages if anyone's interested and yeah wants to <laughs> wants to do that. But um, yeah. yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week yeah. and. Obviously, we don't know what the topic will yeah. be. Uh, hopefully, have, one of you will decide. But have a good week, and uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah, see ya. <laughs>